We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today, our guest is Diane Morrison. Diane has more than 25 years' experience as a transformational leadership coach and consultant, and she helps organizations with business development. She specializes in working with entrepreneurs who are growing companies, and currently she's working with clients on reinventing themselves and their businesses to be effective in this changing and new economy. Diane, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure. It's great to have you here today. Now, where are you today? I am in uh, San Rafael, California. Ah, so you must be having a little bit of sunshine, California sunshine. Well, it's not quite California sunshine, but it's not the weather the rest of the country's been experiencing. So we're not <laughs> in the snow, and we're not in the rain, and we're not in hurricanes, tornadoes, and everything else. Well, so it's, it's we decent be, weather. We can be grateful for it, right? Yeah. Totally grateful. Yeah. So, Diane, let's um, jump right in and talk a bit about your work. Now, you specialize in working with entrepreneurs who are growing companies, and you've done this for quite a while, and you spend time not only helping them as individuals in their own leadership behaviors, but also on, you know, how to grow a business. What led you to be interested in doing this work? Well, I was pre-med in college, which has nothing to do with anything. And, uh, and I kind of realized sort of most, most of the way through that I had no interest in blood, being a doctor, or anything like that. Oh. And uh, so I realized I was kind of on the wrong path. Um, so I, at, during that time, I took the S training. And when I took the S training, I got very interested in the whole field of transformation mm-hmm. and what has people... Um, uh, perform successfully, uh, you know, and what are the transformations that need to take place in people's lives to have them be successful. So after the, uh, the S training and after school, I actually went to work for S for 10 years and became an executive in that company and really learned a tremendous amount of, about what has people perform. So after the 10 years there, I went out and started consulting. And, and formed a consulting company and have been doing management consulting for 25 years. Well, and for those who aren't familiar, um, EST, E-S-T, um, is Earhart Seminars Training, which was developed in the 60s. 1971. And, it, it sorry. started Oops. in 1971, yeah. yeah. 
or early in 71, and um, by Werner Erhard. And it's all about human potential. It's all about um, each individual being the best they can be. Yeah. And quite successful and really, would you say that it really was the springboard for the human potential movement? Yeah, it was a springboard for the human potential movement and for lots of different offshoots and lots of different work that people have taken from that into into the world. And as a matter of fact, Est morphed into something else, and it's now landmark education and mm-hmm. is still going strong worldwide. Right, right. So from that, um, from that moment you realize that medical um, training was not where you wanted to head, um, which I know I think in itself is a really important moment in someone's life, if you think about it. There are many people who head down a path and then feel like there's something wrong but don't know what to do about it, so just stay. Mm-hmm. So there was something in you that knew you could take action. And my guess is that you do a lot of helping your clients in taking action. Yes, yes. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll start with the fundamental format of my work because I think that kind of gets to what has people be able to be in action powerfully. When I work with people, I begin with them on completing the past. And unbeknownst to to us, we don't see how much the past keeps us stuck and not gives us a, a, um, let's just say, room to really design and step into a future that we really want to go towards. Um, You could could picture it as we have rubber bands kind of holding us back in the past, and a lot of it we don't realize is so. So when I start work with the, uh, with the executives and entrepreneurs and leaders that I work with, we do a whole piece of work and exercises on completing the past. Hmm. And they start to see places where they're stuck, places where they have resentments, regrets, things that they have not completed that actually hold them back. <clears throat> and part of that exercise is for people to actually be able to forgive because when we are in a state of unforgiveness that takes up room in our ability to to work successfully to you know it's kind of like it takes our consciousness away from what we need to have our attention and consciousness on so as we do these exercises uh, people begin to complete areas that they haven't forgiven people in, people that they've worked with before, people that have been in their companies before, and they begin to let go, which really allows them, you could, you could kind of picture it like standing in front of a blank canvas. So when you're in a state of unforgiveness and incompletion, you could picture yourself standing in front of a canvas full of paint. And if you were an artist, you, could not, you would not have a, a feeling that you would want to paint over that. Um, but if you're standing in front of a blank canvas where you can really begin to create something new, you have more freedom. So, so that's where our work begins in being able to be complete so that you could really move forward. That's a really fascinating process. What kind of reaction do you typically get from people when you begin down this road? Actually, they love it. Mm-hmm. And that that could be a, 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 a kind of surprising response that you're getting from me, but people actually do love it because they start to see places where they're stuck. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, and when you work the kind of one-on-one work that we do, it's a safe enough environment that you can start to really talk about these things. Right. Because it's all, our work is all confidential. We have very specific agreements with people. Nothing goes beyond the, you know, the work with the person you're working with. So sure. they can really begin to talk about things they need to talk about. And it's, it's like an unburdening and a letting go. Right, in which most people don't have anywhere in their lives the opportunity for that to happen. Yeah, especially leaders and executives. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, it's kind of, you know, that thing about it's lonely at the top. It really is. Right. Right. You know, they need to have somebody to talk to. Well, so having worked a lot with entrepreneurs, I'm wondering what your perspective is um, on some of the challenges that entrepreneurs face in building companies and leading companies. Specific People. entrepreneurs. People. People. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh, it's uh, uh, you know, a lot of the work I do has to do with developing people skills. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do you have people want to work with you? Mm-hmm. And how do you bring out the best in people? So the work that I do is really about performance and, and working with the entrepreneur on their performance, but also working with them on the performance of their people. You know, how do you have people perform? Right. And and there's and there's really skills to develop. I, I remember many many uh, years ago somebody talking about you know give me people who could listen. Hmm. Um, and uh, and that is a really listening is a skill to build, and that's part of the work we do um, when we work with leaders is is really having them be able to listen right. fully and listen for what the person really means by what they're saying. Right. Why do you think it's such a tough challenge to, um, for people to just practice listening? Um, well, I think there's a few different things. One is um, wanting to get their point across. Mm-hmm. So they're already thinking about what they're going to say, um, so they're not hearing what the person who is speaking is saying. Right. So I think that's one thing. And then there's uh, what we call in our work already listening. So I am already, li- and this, has, this ties into the incompletions that we were just discussing. Uh, people are listening to some conversation that they have in their head or conversation from the past mm-hmm. that they are kind of in a dance with versus being in the conversation that they're in with the person who's speaking. So that conversation from the past or their perception of what may be going on with the person they're actually speaking with is actually a filter that could be getting in their way. Yeah, yeah, total filter. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting in all the years that um, I have done, we do similar work in all the years that I've done executive coaching um, I agree with you. This is probably core to all of the success of individual leaders. And it's also core in how they then turn around and teach it. You know, mm-hmm. Lead by example is one thing, but also to then 
be able to coach people into this skill. Um, it's an art. I think it's a real art. Do you find that leaders are challenged by that? Yes. Yeah, because I think there's a couple of things. There's One of the things, I think, with people with entrepreneurs and leaders, and I've seen this a lot in my work, is why can't they do it like I do it? Mm. Or why can't they be more like me? You know, it's the right. old, uh, why can't a woman be more like a man? Henry Higgins, right? <laughs> and, and, and that really so, doesn't allow you to see who's over there. Oh, yeah, good point. That's really a good point. You know, I, when I hear you say this, I think about the amount of productivity and productive time that is um, usurped by not listening, by, you know, having these stories in your head, by, you know, not forgiving people. Um, you know, this is, this is a huge drain. Mm-hmm. It really is. It really is. It affects performance dramatically. So if you were to advise um, an organizational leader or an entrepreneur who's running a company, um, on developing a key strategy that addressed this, what would that strategy be? Well, I would, um, uh, I could tell you some of the things that, that I do with people um, in terms of uh, my strategy to handle it is, you know, you, you get people together and you have a facilitator and you actually say what we're going to do is we're going to practice listening. Mm -hmm. And you lay out the difference between already listening, you know, the, the, what you're already coming into the conversation with, right. and actual being able to listen to people right. and have them practice it. I'm very big on practicing. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, I, if, if you and I decided we were going to go and, uh, and do, you know, go to the gym and start, you know, we wanted to build our bodies it would take a tremendous amount of practice with the equipment to be able to get to the goal that we had. You know, and it's, and it's the same in business. You, you take on practices that are going to actually get you to the goals you want to achieve. <clears throat> so practice is important, and I know you've heard many people over the years say things like, well, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. We don't really need to practice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And yet this is something that you can't shortcut. Yeah. No, you cannot shortcut this. So if listening... You know, empathy, but, but let me say something here. You know, if you kind of have to back up a couple of steps and get clear about where does this executive leader want to go in the company. Mm -hmm. So when people have clear-cut goals they want to achieve, mm -hmm. then the conversation, as you know, is, is how are you going to get there? Right, and if they if if they can really see that part of getting there is to use listening for an example is being able to develop the listening skills that are going to support you to achieve your goals, then it makes it worthwhile. It always has to be, you know, what's in it for me here. Well, I like um, I was reading some things that you had done, and, and one thing that I read that you like to really focus on is that prosperity is the result of action consistent with a strategic plan. Yes. And, uh, and I really like that because um, 
you know, in order for organizations or individuals to prosper in their work or to help others prosper, um, the actions need to be consistent. And it's not just consistent in themselves, but it's consistent with the organization goals, a la a strategic plan. And I often see organizations that have a strategic plan that is off to the side, and then there's work that everybody does. Yeah. And oftentimes those are separate. Do you find that? Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, I often say, okay, where are you going to put this now that we've done it? Yeah. You know, and, and if they say in the file drawer, <laughs> it gets, it's really scary. It's really scary. But well, we have more to talk about with Diane Morrison when we come right back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. The modern world has experienced fundamental era changes from the industrial age to the information age to the age of complexity. Technology and globalization are rapidly changing the world we live in. Yet our way of thinking and the conversations that drive our decisions are stuck in the past. To find prosperity, business and communities need the skills to learn new ways of thinking and find the right conversations to move comfortably into the future. How can you sort it all out? Tune in to The Science of Change with Dr. Barbara Berry and Lise Inman, Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. And welcome back to Leading Conversations. We're speaking with Diane Morrison today. So, Diane, we we spoke a lot about your work in entrepreneurship and and how you help companies grow and how you help individuals as leaders become their best self. Talk to us a bit about why transformational leadership matters to you so much. 
Well, you know, I grew up in the field, first of all, because I, you know, as I said, I started working in uh, at EST, and I did that for 10 years and then have been consulting for 25 years. So I've actually been engaged in the work of transformation for 35 years. Mm-hmm. You probably think I started when I was five, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, uh, so it, you know, so it, and, and it's, and, you know, it started with, I mean, I guess a simple thing to say of why I've stuck with it is it, it really changed my life dramatically. You know, when I, and I've thought about this often, you know, when I first uh, got involved in it, in, in, you know, back all those years ago, I was, I was um, not, I mean, one thing you could say is I was not able to speak publicly. I mean, as a matter of fact, just like the, the month prior to my going to do, to do the program, I had to uh, introduce a guest speaker that we had in one of my classes at college, you know, and I had to introduce him to a class of 200 and something people. And I don't think I looked up from my notes once. I was terrified. Mm. So, you know, just that example that it, you know, that it shifted. And now I, you know, I, I mean, I lead classes, I uh, lead interviews, I do all kinds of things publicly. And so it, so I think making those kinds of things available to people, Mm. you know, so that's something that was a very clear transformation in my life. And so my, my fear of being with people altered. Interesting. And so that has, that your own transformation led you to having higher capacity to work with people in their transformation. Yeah, and, and you know, and when I, when, I, when I decided to go into management consulting, I really looked at where can I make the biggest impact mm-hmm. in this arena, and, I, and the answer for me was in business. Because people really deal with a lot of issues that can be impacted when you work with them with, in, with transformation that, you know, that could not be impacted otherwise. You know, and it has a lot to do with how people work with each other and how people perform. Well, you are working with a lot of people um, given the events of the last few years and the shifting in the economy and, um, you know, I mean, even the shifting in the way work gets done. So you're working with people around reinventing themselves and their businesses. Talk yes. about that. What's that like? Well, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of us got very fearful with the, uh, the downturn in the economy. So, you know, we, we now are in a, a new economic environment. We really are. And when, you know, it's kind of like evolution. The, you know, when, when there was big shifts in the environment, many species died out. Hmm. And it's those that adapted and were able to transform themselves that survived. Right. So, it, so what we really took on in businesses and, and people reinventing themselves was for them to be able to recognize that something needed to happen because we have had an environmental shift and that, that people had to do business differently with this economic environmental shift. So, so they really had to go from complaining about it, hoping right. it would go back to being the right, same, right, right. to recognizing this is it. We are in a different environment now. Mm-hmm. How do you need to operate in that environment? 
What do you need to do? You know, how do you need to perform? What do you need to do to train your people? You know, somewhat, for some companies, people had to go from order takers to salespeople. You know, when business is booming, you take orders. But when it's not, you really have to know how to sell. That's a good point. So talk to us a little bit about how, so what happens first? Do you, do you get them to get that sense of reality, or do you get them to imagine uh, I, I guess my question is, it seems like there's two levels. One would be on a personal level. So as an individual, you know, here is this entrepreneur who's grown this company, who's attached, who um, has been very successful, who says, you know, why would I want to give up what's made me successful? And then there's the other side, which is, um, you know, what is the potential new business I could be in? So what happens yeah. first? Well, I think first, I think, I think first, you know, to go back to the completion conversation, we work on completing the past. And you complete past mm-hmm. failures, but you also complete past successes. Mm-hmm. You acknowledge them, you recognize them, you see what has gotten accomplished. And then the next question is, where do you want to go? And given the environment you're in, how are you going to get there? But the other part of it is, is, is you have to get work with people on how the change is occurring for them. So we have, there's, there's reality, and then there's how we see reality. And a lot, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so, you know, so, so a lot of the negative conversations that really have people stopped come from some way that the situations are occurring for them that really is made up. And as long as they're making those up, their actions will be correlated with those situations that they are seeing in the way that they're seeing them. So, you know, so they'll, so, you know, if, so for example, you know, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm-hmm. If I, um, if someone invited me to go from San Rafael into San Francisco for an evening and how San Francisco occurred to me, how I saw it was a dangerous city that, you know, criminals and guns and, you know, killers hiding behind every corner, what would my action be? I might not be too interested in going there, right? That's true. But if someone invited me and I thought San Francisco was this beautiful place with flowers and lovely and wonderful and a great place to go, then I would probably accept the invitation. True, too. So my, action, my actions would be lined up with how it occurred to me. Mm-hmm. So with, with the shifts in the economic environment and the fear that people really were experiencing, mm-hmm. how it occurred for, for a lot of people was, you know, they were stopped by the, the way it occurred for them. Yeah. You know, it was, it was like dangerous waters to be in. Right. So when you, you can know, begin re- revealing that, it, something opens up. That makes a lot of sense, and I saw that fear happening a lot in um, leaders of large organizations, leaders of small organizations, um, individual proprietors. I mean, I, I saw that a lot, and there was a belief that went along with that, that um, if if this is real, if this economy has changed, if this, you know, if my work no longer fits, if, um, you know, people aren't hiring, et cetera, fill in the blank, then um, then that has to be my reality. 
And I was really quite surprised thinking that, you know, even people in our field um, who work in the realm of transformation, who work in the realm of possibilities, how they got stuck mm-hmm. in that that whole place of and completely consumed by the fear. And um, I found that fascinating. And it was like there was this collective consciousness, this collective agreement that it had to be this way, that it had to be difficult and, and it had to be filled with too many challenges and it had to be um, devastating. And I kept looking at this thinking, there's something wrong with this picture. Mm-hmm. Um, my perspective was, yes, this has occurred and this doesn't have to be my experience. Yeah, and and so you know that, and 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 I believe that has served me and my company well. And I'm just wondering, what do you think caused people who live in the world of possibility to so easily succumb to that fear? I I don't know if I I don't know if I know that answer, but a couple of the things that. I think, is that, you know, people had a lot of success going on mm-hmm. and were kind of, uh, I don't know if I want to call it living the high life, but, mm-hmm. you know, had a whole lot of success. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, that success was threatened. And when people are threatened, they get fearful. Right. So I can't speak for individual people, so that's why right. I, said I, I can't really answer right. the question. But from my work overall, when people are threatened, they get fearful, and that is that is a that is a big lesson for leadership. Mm. You know, um, when to to actually look to see if someone is in fear, what's the threat to them? You know, that um, makes me think about when people get threatened, they get fearful. And so if you think about organizations, even large corporate organizations, when there is a sense of um, threat, many large organizations have come under the gun with um, needing to reduce costs, um, needing to have reduction in force, um, and the people that are left behind have that sense of being threatened, you know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, it could be me next, um, and it causes fear in them, and thus it causes fear in, you know, kind of how they produce or how they engage with others. This seems to have a lot of implications for further success for organizations. Mm-hmm. Or not. Yeah. Which which you could say that this gets to the, uh, the next... Uh, skill for leadership is mm-hmm. communication. I, I, in my work, we have a very fundamental notion is that anything can get resolved with communication. Mm-hmm. And what happens in times of fear, people go out of communication. Well, now, Diane, the word communication is used and misused in many ways. Define for us what you mean by that. Talking. <laughs> the like, real deal. <laughs> yeah, like talk to me, baby. <laughs> like tell me what's going on. Let's let's sit, let's sit down and talk about this together. 
and how we want to resolve this and what are the things we're dealing with and what are the issues. You know, people kind of close their door and hide out during these kinds of times. But again, when they get fearful, what am I going to say to these people? What am I going to tell them? But that's the time when you have to, you know, and the best leaders I know know how to talk. Not know how to talk the game, but know how to be with another person and talk. Hmm. You know, I'm Italian, so I come from an Italian family. And (laughs) on Sundays, we used to all sit around and eat dinner for hours and talk. I can relate to that story. (laughs) That's my story, too. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and, and I think you have to kind of bring that Italian family into business. Oh, that's an interesting perspective. So, you know, uh, that that sense of talking with one another, um, I, I take that Italian table. Um, I think that there were some people who were better at bringing other people out mm-hmm. and then some people who were just really good at talking too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's there are nuances in communication. Yeah, like you're you're good at bringing people out. Well, thank you. Yeah, you have a, you have it's really a skill, and you're very good at it. Well, you know, um, I think that it is something that develops over time, mm-hmm. and I think that leaders often are so concerned about having the right answers that they very often do not develop this skill. Yeah. It's a bigger challenge for them. Yeah, which is really a shame because you find a lot of the best answers in your people. Right. Right. And then how do you um, work with individuals? You know, there's two sides to that. One is the leader working to bring the best out of others. And there's also the side of, on occasion, you've got people who don't necessarily trust that it's okay to say what they think to leadership. How do you work with that? Well, again, you know, I think that's a facilitation process where you actually sit down with a team and and design some parameters like safety parameters in which you have it be okay um, to say things. Now, you know, I don't want to sound Pollyanna-ish about this because sometimes this takes more than one meeting and more Mm -hmm. than one conversation, and it takes some development of people. And it really is a two-way street. You know, the leader has to be willing to listen and not retaliate in the future for what somebody has to say, and the the person who's part of the team has to be willing to step out and say something. Um, And you kind of have to set those ground rules. Mm Mm-hmm. So they have to be willing to demonstrate some courage sometimes. Yeah, yeah, courage. And, you know, and, and again, this is a lot co- goes back to the past and, and how things were for people in the past around this. Mm. You know, I mean, when you sometimes get into, um, you know, completing the past, you know, there there's times in your past, your past businesses or your past jobs where you spoke out and it didn't work out so great. Well, we have more to talk about with Diane Morrison when we come right back.
what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host. For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. And welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito, and our guest today is Diane Morrison. Diane, we've been talking a lot about um, transformational leadership and entrepreneurial um, individuals who grow companies and, and some of the challenges that they have along the way. Let's talk further about the skills and capacities that we as human beings need to be developing as we move into the future. What is your thinking about that? I love this question because I really have been thinking a lot about this. And, uh, you know, I was, I was uh, I think, looking at some special on television or some documentary about the, all of the, the kind of uh, texting and multitasking that the young generation are doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I started really thinking about the importance of focus. Mm-hmm. So one of the things in growing a business and, and is having to be able to focus on, you know, what, where are we going and how are we going to get there? And, and like you said, developing the skills and developing the strategies to be able to 
stay focused on getting to where you want to go. And and so that's the first thing. I think this whole, this whole thing about being able to stay focused, which ties back to the completion work, because the more you live life complete, the more you're able to stay focused on the direction that you're heading. That makes a lot of sense. You know, and uh, uh, so that's one thing. And then again, and the and the other part is, and and this this actually this actually concerns me, is the being able to develop your people skills in the face of all the technology that we're using. Mm. You know, um, uh, I, I've had to do a lot of work on the damage that email does. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure you've uh-huh. heard this before. I'm oh, sure yeah. you've encountered it in your oh, work. Yeah. You know, you send emails to people that stuff you would not say to people's face. Right. And yeah. you then have to deal with hurt feelings, miscommunications, upsets, again, that take away from productivity, take mm-hmm. away from what you should be working on. Right. So I think something critical going into the future is being able to keep our humanity, being able to keep our ability to talk with people, to listen to people, and to communicate face-to-face. Well, you know, we, you bring up a good point about the, a young generation right now that feels like they're very connected to people via technology. Mm-hmm. and feels like they're very connected because of the sheer numbers of people that this technology allows them to interface with. And yet, you know, if you really were to ask them about the relationship that they had, you know, they really wouldn't be able to talk much about that. Yeah. They, they would be able to give you uh, facts that they learn on the, that person's Facebook page or um, ideas that person may have um, Twittered or tweeted or whatever that is. And, um, you know, it's, it's not about relationship. And for yeah. years, business has been done through relationships. Yeah. And I'm so clear business gets done in, with, through relationship, without a doubt. Yeah. So, so when we have this entire generation who is um, counting on getting things done uh, almost in sound bites, what do you think the chances of success are going to be. I mean, clearly business isn't going to be done the same way if this continues. So how is business going to look different? Well, it's a really good question. You know, I, I think that there, you know, we're having a, um, a kind of marriage in business with the millennials and the baby boomers. Hmm. All of a sudden we're, we're kind of meeting in business here, Right. So how do we learn to work well together? Because the priorities are really different. Right. Um, And, uh, you know, I think step one always is what is the question we're addressing Mm. and how do we address it together and that we address it in conversation. Mm. You know, how do we meet together here? 
so that it it works given our different priorities. So I'm imagining, you know, the baby boomer um, creating the gathering space and and getting the conference room or the retreat center, and um, the millennials saying, "Well, we don't have to do that. You know, just I'll Twitter my <laughs> my yeah. thoughts." In, you know? Yeah, I, I, that fundamental difference in um, kind of how things get done, you know. Yeah. Um, I think getting getting people to that, let's call it that baby boomer table, um, is the challenge. It's a big challenge. Yeah. You know, and, and, and being able to listen to how they're seeing it, um, you know, they're seeing it in a different way, the millennials. Mm-hmm. How, you know, how are they seeing it? And having them recognize that we understand my, my being a boomer, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. and, the, and the question always is: is how does it work for the for everyone? You know, how do we have this work? Well, I love that question. You know, a world that works for all, and yeah. so you know that um, that makes some assumptions that there's going to be. Um, Accommodation. There's going to be compromise. There's going to be inclusion, um, and not being of the millennial generation, my filter is: we have to sit down face to face and talk about this. And so I'm wondering if um, you know how how to get that point across to. A whole generation that um, says, you know, what's the big deal? Yeah, I think the first step is that there is something to talk about here. Mm-hmm. You know, that's step one. You know, there is something to talk about here. Um, so let's let's work out how we can best talk about it. So there is something to talk about here, and oh, by the way, millennials, your perspective, your viewpoint, your um, contribution is vital to mm-hmm. this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and people are writing about this now, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, because they're recognizing it. Right. Right. You know, one of the things that I have seen in workplaces is um, some of the struggles that baby boomers have is um, what they call a difference in work ethic between the baby boomer generation and the uh, millennial generation. And it's interesting, and, and it's sometimes it's perceived as, oh, the millennials don't want to work as hard. And what I see is that the millennials want to do work that has meaning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so they they push back on things that look like busy work or they don't have any understanding of what it's connected to or why they're supposed to be doing it. And and, um, and when they're simply asked to do something without any explanation, they say, well, no, I, I don't want to do that, you know. And whereas baby boomers, especially early in their careers, um, would never have done that. Yeah. There was a sense of you pay your dues, you come to work, you do what you're supposed to do. And so you've got a cultural difference going on. 
Yeah, so, so if the leader recognizes that, that what's so for the millennials is they want to do work that has meaning, how does the leadership then create a context of meaning? Right. You know, it's that old story of asking the three guys working on a cathedral. You know, yeah. asking the one guy, what are you doing? I'm laying bricks. What are you do-? asking the other guy, what are you doing? I'm building a cathedral. Yeah. You know, so so the knowing that for the the leadership, what they do is provide that context of meaning in the work. You know, what is the bigger picture here? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a really good point because you know sometimes there's so much going on and there are so many things to do that leaders, even leaders, lose that context. They lose that sense that there's something bigger you're trying to achieve. You know, and, and of course, a lot of our um, financial structures support that. You know, mm-hmm. the something bigger we're trying to achieve is not quarterly results for the shareholders, um, though it has become what people focus on, and that has often driven um, behavior and/or actions that don't have a lot of meaning but push numbers around. Yeah, and uh, so you know we've also got that culture happening in organizations that has to be dismantled, which is really a, that's a pretty formidable part of the culture. Yeah, and I think you're speaking of the fundamental job of leadership, which is the leader's job is to create the vision, keep yes. the context alive, keep the purpose alive, so that right. people are actually operating inside of that. You know, you must work with your leaders a lot around visioning and um, purpose. How do you, what's your advice to them about how to keep the vision relevant? Well, uh, you know, you, you, um, you have them uh, talk about it and uh, have people speak about What's happening? Their people, their team. What's okay. happening in the in the business that's forwarding the future of the vision? Mm. You know, so you keep the conversation alive. I'm very big on staff meetings. Mm. You know, I'm not everyday staff meetings, but but regularly scheduled meetings in which mm-hmm. people get together. So that and that these are the kinds of things that get addressed. Yeah, and people can do that virtually, right? I mean, they don't have oh, to totally virtually, yeah. yeah. You yeah, and these are the little things that we forget. You know, this. You know, if, if this is the job of the leader, then what do they do to keep this all present in the organization? You know, people communicating, keeping the vision alive, keeping the context alive. You know, so that people really, you know, they're building cathedrals; they're not laying bricks. Right, right. I I love that. I lo- I just love that little story. Um, so, Diane, what is your, um, we've got about three minutes left, so what, what is your perspective on the most important role of leadership? Well, I think it's what we were just talking about. It's, it's that, that, that being that visionary for the future and, and really being able to keep that in front of people and being a leader in getting there, staying the course, 
keeping the direction going and 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 uh, keeping the focus there so that there's a, so that a a winning environment gets developed towards going to that future yeah and of course in today's environment course correction may be needed yeah absolutely course correction may be needed but you, but you know you always have to look for what the wins are right you know it's it gets it gets um uh you know, just the other day one of the team in a company that I'm consulting he said it started getting negative around here you know he kind of gave me a little warning and you know and and because they're focusing on what didn't happen versus all the great stuff mm-hmm. that is happening you know and and this is a company I consult and I work with people on this because it just you go to that default place right. when you get scared right. you know if a result right. didn't happen so you have to keep looking towards you know what did we do that's working what is happening that's working and what is the course correction we have to make hmm. You know, it would be interesting to be in a meeting with you um, with a group of millennials and a, a group of baby boomers as they talk about there is something to talk about here. Mm-hmm. And as you begin to work with them on forgiveness, because my guess is there's a whole lot each of them has to forgive in each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Diane, this has been a great conversation. Really enjoyed having you here today. I know people will want to know more. So, how can people contact you? What's your website? My website is www.morrisonmcnab.com. Morrison McNab, M C N A B B? That's right. Okay. MorrisonMcNab.com. Thank you, Diane. It's been a pleasure having you here. Best of luck in working with those millennials and baby boomers. And, a t- uh, total, total pleasure for me, Cheryl. Thank you for having me. Great. Wonderful. And remember, everyone, to think big because the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.